0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your hosts, Todd Fox, Maddie Matt, and Gabby. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports
1: of cannibalism. The
0: building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A
1: large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts.
0: Identified more
1: victims and killed
0: even more. Plan on more than just the four murder
1: charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them and that he was also a necrophiliac.
2: Hey, 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 welcome into to another episode of the Grinding YouTube Tribe Podcast with your host, Matt Mack, along with our narrator for today. Hey, and, the host of the show. Get, get. and we are back here live, breaking out another episode. But before we do, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can go to Instagram and Facebook and type in grinding true crimes. And you can follow our page, leave us a comment. We get, uh, and when we get a chance, we'll comment to you uh, as soon as possible. Also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the country, continue to listen to us on Podchaser Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cash. Uh, go to RedBubble.com, type in Todd Fox 80 that's T-O-D-D-F-O-X-80, and you can purchase some merchandise courtesy of the Grinding True Crime. Also, we have a cash app uh, for donations to help us build our studio. If you would like to donate, you can go to Cash App and type in dollar sign grinding true crimes last but not least listeners discretion is advised because we do get into details about certain crimes and it could be gruesome and you know some people might not like that stuff so listeners discretion is advised so that is the intro but we got a twist twist a twist already guess what uh since we've been getting a lot of comments and feedback from fans Todd, Gabby, and I decided to do something special. And you're probably wondering what that is, right? I know you are. (laughs) Well, what we're going to do is this Sunday, which is May, what's next Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) The 22nd. The 22nd, I forgot already. (laughs) May 22nd. We are going to do a live recording to where audience can chime in. The first time ever, we'll do a live recording where we can have audience discussion. That will be at 4 p.m. Pacific time this Sunday, May 22nd. And Todd, I'm going to turn it to you because you're going to talk about some other details about this special
0: event, right? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It is a live event, like Maddie Matt said, on Podbean Only so it's a Podbean exclusive. So if you're not a subscriber to Podbean, it's totally free, just like every other service out there, unless you're starting your own podcast, of course. But if you're not, then just it's totally free. You can get on and you'll get a live notification 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here in America. Um, we try to get it to a better time, but that's the best time we can get just to start off. And we're going to do a live Q&A. And we're going to talk about two unsolved cases. It's going to be the armchair episode where you give your thoughts, your theories. We're going to run through two quick cases, and then we talk amongst ourselves, and then we're going to be taking your comments and reading them on the air live. And then also when we're done, we're going to post it. But if you want your participation, your voice heard, your handle, or your name said, we are going to get to all that and more on that episode live this Sunday at 4. But again, it's a Podbean exclusive so you got to go to Podbean and register and follow us on Grinding True Crime because that's the only way you're going to get the notification.
2: Thank you very much. So that's podbean.com. Just go there, subscribe. And on that day, May 22nd at 4 p.m. Pacific time, you can be a part of a Q&A discussion where Todd, Gabby, and myself will do a live recording. So it's going to be exciting.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to try to solve two cases.
2: <laughs> yes, all of us together. Yes, absolutely. So, no, uh, Breaking news. <laughs> well, all that being said, we're going to finally turn it over to Todd so he can break down his story for today and let us know what you have, brother.
0: All right, guys. Well, this one's going to be a tough one. Uh, this one is actually going to spider web into some other stuff that I'll get into later on. So this there's all sorts of twists in this one. Uh, it's a one-parter, but it's going to feel like a two-parter when we're done. Um, so this one's the baseline killer. Um, this this one is from, you know, the last time when we did an Arizona story with a young man shot in the face, didn't know, and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this one sort of as, as a side note when I was researching, and I couldn't believe it. And the more I went into it, I was just dumbfounded. Um, we are going to get back to the original OG police and detective work. <laughs> <laughs> that we're uh, that we're accustomed to on this one. Oh no! Yeah, how they to, sound like Todd. <laughs> there's going to be quite a few of these voices in the story, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> these terrible detectives in this story as we move. I'm, I'm
2: fixing my brain right now to,
0: to get it ready for it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, and, and I, the only way I could explain this one is if you've seen the movie Shrek and he says, uh, ogres are like onions. They have many layers. Well, this is one hell of an onion.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's talk about what happens here. Um, you know, Sometimes the police department, because of their ignorance, incompetence, laziness, um, it helps a killer to stay on the loose and to keep his reign of terror going. And this is part of what happens. Now, some people have had their theories because of the neighborhood it was in, uh, that the police didn't take things too seriously. Um, but but other people are just like, no, the police work was just god awful. Remember, the last one that we did in Arizona was in Tempe, which is like the next big city over. This one's in Phoenix Arizona. Good old Phoenix. Good old Phoenix. Yes. And um, the Phoenix, you know, Phoenix is a a pretty big city. It's one of the, it's, I think it's the eighth highest in population as far as big cities in America. It has over almost 5 million residents. Um, But drug use is rampant opiates, methamphetamines, crack cocaine um, are big problems in the city. Plus the excessive heat, you know um, you got Mm -hmm. people bottled up all day because the temperature in the winter time can be in the nineties, and in <sighs> the summer times it goes triple digits for weeks, and it, and it usually is it, it gets as high as about one twenty two. So, so you're
1: telling me Arizona is never cold?
0: Yeah, well there well that part it is anyway. Um, mm. There's there's parts of Arizona like in the the foothills and mountains that cool off and actually get snow, but uh, but not this part of Phoenix or Tempe. Tempe and Phoenix are god awful hot all the time. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, imagine you have that kind of heat all day. What do you want to do during the day except stay inside, right? Exactly. Or or
2: go in the freezer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So when you when you actually get an opportunity to get out, you know, trouble happens because it's at nighttime. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone's out at the same time, so that's the problem. So so give me a quick background on, on Arizona, real quick. The cost of living, and this is by like this one big agency that rates all the cities through America, which are the best, which are not the amenities. Like if you want to buy a home, you look on this website to, to see what everything they give the letter grade to everything, right? So let's see if you can you guys can see how disproportionate the grades are. Okay. Um, cost of living is a C, like average. Okay, um, meaning it's right in the middle and not too expensive, not not too uh, cheap. Cheap, yeah. Here's another one: employment is a D, so it's hard to find yeah. a job, and it and a good oh. paying one. What oh, were you gonna say, Gabby?
1: No, I said that's not good.
0: It's not good at all. But then here's another thing that makes no sense—an oxymoron. Housing is a B plus. <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> that's drug dealer money. <laughs> Meaning, if you have a job or good money or drug money, like Matt says, um, you could find a nice house. But the problem is, there's a lot of dumps in between those big houses, like old houses, trailer parks, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and then and then you have schools. Schools are an F <laughs> as far as, it. yeah as far as rated through America. They're they're it's an F. It's too hot to think. Pretty much, and then the teachers aren't exactly the best teachers out there that they can hire. So what does that do for the crime rate? NF. Oh, skyrocket. Yes. So well, what that should tell you is something right there. that The schools are terrible for teaching the kids and the parents aren't really giving a crap. The, the, the big colleges they have, most people come from out of state like Arizona state, Arizona college, the wildcats and sun devils. Those are two big colleges, but most people come from out of state to go there. They don't, you know, there's a lot of California kids that go there. Not a lot of in in local kids, you know, like in state. Um, so with the the crime rate being an F, parents are really not watching their kids, things get the worst to worst. Property crimes up, murder, all this other stuff, and that's gonna lead into this story. And we're gonna stay in Arizona for our next one, and cool. you'll you'll see why. Um, cool. They're they're two different di- di- different stories altogether. But uh this story particularly starts in 2005 so not too long ago in Phoenix Arizona. Okay. So it is the middle of August, one of the hot or the beginning of uh, August uh you know it's super duper hot. There's a street called Baseline Drive. You're going to want to remember that street, Baseline well, Drive. I
1: will. we have Baseline in Fontana, but it's road.
0: There you go. But but that Baseline Road does it like go through the middle of the city?
1: Or sort of? Yeah, yeah, sort nice. of, yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll, pi- I'm- we'll picture that going through the heart of Phoenix, mm. not the downtown, but the, like the, like sort of like your Compton Long Beach area. Like one of the, it. yeah, it's one of those. Got it. so with a date, we're going to get started right away. August 6th, 2005, three teenage girls were walking down 48th street headed towards baseline drive. The three That's were not like street. Not to cut you off. where are you saying? <laughs>
2: That sounds like a dangerous streak.
0: Right? <laughs> there's a number to it, or it says Martin Luther yeah, King. If there's ever a
2: number to it, or Martin Luther King, you know it's going down over there.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, so the three were approached by a man with a gun, with Ooh. fake dreadlocks and a mask, uh, you know, just up in their face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, At gunpoint, he herded the three back to a, behind an abandoned building, where one by one, he sexually assaulted each one of them. Oh, man. Yeah. So these are three teenage girls from the ranges of like about 16 to 18. Dang. Um, DNA was left at the scene, however, but uh, police investigated this and had no leads. And the police were like, well, this seems like a an isolated incident. We'll just put this one on the shelf. <laughs> they already starting off. That, huh? They're already starting off like that. lot. Lock- <laughs> God dang it, got to go down to the baseline and investigate some sort of, I mean, some fiddling diddling over there. And, you know, I got to write out a report. Just dipping into my donut time. <laughs> so.
1: I just pictured the meme that the fan made.
0: Was yeah. I Claire? Mean, <laughs> we're not making fun yeah. of the victims. I mean, this is obviously the police. And, yeah. and the, the sad thing about this incident, them considering it an isolated incident, they won't tie this to anything till way later. Wow. And, yeah, and, and they don't rush the DNA whatsoever.
2: And I was about to say, DNA was left on all three of the victims or just one? A, no.
0: On a couple of them to where a couple, it, it was okay. it was enough to test even in 2005. Because remember, exactly. remember, I think it's 96, 98 when DNA really starts to get yeah. okay. And then mm-hmm. the 2000s, it starts picking up and it's picked up ever since
1: yeah i mean in 2005
0: you should have answers exactly yeah and what what it is is they don't test it for quite some time and and they leave it there and that and it's like okay you don't have any um description on the suspects you should go to the dna right away exactly yeah so we jump ahead about oh go ahead gabby
1: no i'm saying so they didn't do anything about it
0: nothing they just went on like let's see if we could knock on doors see if anyone heard anything Uh, victim statements. That's it. They didn't go on anything else. Wow. Yeah. So right away you got, you know, useless. Yep. So on September 19th, just over a month later, 2005 Georgia Thompson was found by a apartment resident behind the apartment complex, just two blocks from the, where the rapes had occurred a weeks later she was unfortunately shot in the back of the head with her hands uh, still clutching the keys to her car and a shirt that unfortunately read Better Luck Next Time.
2: Wow. Wow!
0: Yeah. Um, her cell phone was missing. Her pants were unbuttoned uh, but not pulled down. And there was uh, no DNA left on the scene. However, there was a thirty-eight caliber cartridge found next to her head
2: dang so yeah. she had no idea probably what happened
0: well what the police speculated is that georgia um she it was an attempted rape gone wrong and she struggled with the assailant and the assailant just got frustrated and shot her in the head That's what mm. I was gonna say. yeah so the police right there again it's a couple weeks later you know a few weeks later and there's just like another isolated incident Pick up the bullet. Let's move on. <laughs> and that was it. So they didn't tie them together? No, not yeah. whatsoever. Um, and this was just off of baseline drive again. Um, Georgia had moved out from out of state. Um, she had no family in Arizona. She had only been there a few weeks. And unfortunately, instead of going to Los Angeles, she thought Arizona would be a good spot to model because she, from all uh, actualities of the pictures, she was pretty. She had a nice body, and she was trying to work that into a modeling career. However, she could not get anywhere with that, and she fell into working for a strip club. And she was making okay money, but she only had one um, contact on on her MySpace that lived in Arizona. The police did go after him and accuse him before finding out he had an airtight alibi and had nothing to do with her um, killing. Wow.
1: So they didn't go question him. They went like, this is him.
0: Yeah, they were thinking he was suspect number one. They went right after him, and then uh, it took him uh, in t- through interrogation. He he actually did a polygraph, all that to, to clear himself, and including backup from his alibi.
2: That's sad.
0: Yeah. So, um, so this case went cold right away. You know, like they just put that one on the shelf. So that's two cases right there. Um, while they were investigating this at the same time, however. Uh, we're gonna back back up to right after this occurred three days later a shooting death um uh, was that a woman was raped in broad daylight at a convenience store parking lot um, right after the shooting death she was not she was not murdered but she was taken out of a convenience store by gunpoint at 10 a.m in the morning oh. whoa to her car and raped
1: and nobody and heard nobody saw brain. or heard anything
0: Here's here's the kicker. So witnesses saw a man leaving, but the description was kind of the same. It looked like he had like a Gilligan's type hat on with fake dreadlocks, a mask and a gun. Now, does that sound familiar to you?
1: Of course.
0: From the first incident, correct? Mm hmm. Yes. And uh, the police were like, man, there's a lot of guys with fake dreadlocks running through the city on the same damn street. Go figure, Cletus. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Cletus.
2: <laughs> so you're telling me they had somebody looking like Predator?
0: Exactly. Running through <laughs> the street. <laughs> the predator. <laughs> he might as well have been. My God. Wow. I mean, he was a Predator. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he
1: was
2: a Predator.
0: Yeah. So
1: what's wrong with these stupid cops?
0: I don't know. And, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. So we're going to be moving forward on that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so granted, you have two of the same descriptions with two cases. Now, here's the thing too. You also got to consider the fact that other cities don't talk to each other, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. they hold information. You don't know what they're, that's mm-hmm. why criminals or murders, they'll stay in the same state, but they'll commit murders in different jurisdictions so that it's not right. tied together because the police oftentimes don't share information with each other
1: yeah, they, nobody they, cooperates
0: exactly but this is mind-boggling because this is the same department so you are going to have you're going to have on these cases different detectives working in the same department not sharing information <laughs> wow yeah i can understand different jurisdictions but yeah ooh. i can
2: yeah i agree you're in the same damn building Right across
0: the hall, <laughs> <laughs> next cubicle.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, they needed is... Kenda.
0: Yes, they did. Joel Kenda would have. Like, Joel Kenda would have
2: definitely solved that one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Now here's here's something that uh, okay, like if uh, this one's a little little bad right here, or a lot bad. So, uh, so uh, prepare for this one. So. Five days later, after the incident of the rape in broad daylight, we have another disturbing incident. Sisters, 13 and 14 years old, happened to to be walking down a park close to Baseline Drive. Um, As they were pulled behind the stalls by a man with a mask and this time no dreads. So he didn't have dreads at this time. The kicker about this story is... Um, the 14-year-old was visibly pregnant. What? Yeah, she was five months pregnant at the time.
1: Oh, damn.
0: So her stomach is hanging out right here. Oh, and, my goodness. Yeah. Um, the two girls try to fight back, uh, the 13-year-old especially, when he tries to put his hands all over the 14-year-old. Um, she grabs the gun and she points it at the gentleman's head, or not gentleman, the perpetrator's head, and it won't fire because the safety's on. Um. So he grabs the gun and he's super pissed off right now. He orders both of them on their knees. Then he takes the gun and points it at the 14-year-old's stomach and says to the 13-year-old pretty much to perform oral sex on him.
1: Oh. Oh,
2: gross.
0: Yeah. Um. Then after she finished he tried to put a condom on and rape the 14 year old to which he couldn't. And um, then he got upset because he could not perform and he threatened to kill both of them, but he made the girls beg, humiliatingly for their lives. And once they did, he took dirt and he started covering them up to cover any kind of evidence of saliva or DNA that was that he left on them.
1: So he didn't kill them.
0: No, he didn't kill him. He he um he t- he then took off.
1: Oh
0: wow! Mm-hmm. I mean
1: that's traumatic, no matter what. But I'm glad he didn't kill them.
0: Yes, exactly. And I'm not going to do the voices after this one because this is, that one was a hard one to swallow and to think about right now. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to do the voices after this because the police did recover trace amounts of DNA enough to test. Now the kicker about this one is they would not test the DNA for nine months. What? on this What's wrong with them? Are nine, you kidding me? Nine months. Now, the reason behind what? that, the reason behind the, them not testing this for nine months is number one, they did not have any priority as far as what to test or what not to test. And then two, They did not have the state at the time did not have a law or or a um, contract with one of these testing sites so that it's free to the police. So if they were to test DNA in any way, it was coming out of the police department's budget. Mm. So they chose to investigate this the good old fashioned way instead of the DNA until they felt it was worth paying for the DNA to get tested. So they were being cheap.
1: How many more rapes do you need? To realize you have to test it.
0: Yep. (sighs) Oh, man. That's frustrating, right? Yeah, man. Again, you're going to see opportunities to where they could have tested this at any time and stopped half the BS that happened. Exactly. Yes. So I take it, not to cut you
2: off, so I take it within those nine months, I'm quite sure something else happened.
0: Oh, there's plenty that happens after.
2: God,
1: I and hope they got sued.
0: That I, I have not heard. I, I do not think in this particular case that they did. Well, I know we're jumping ahead, but I'll get into some specifics later. Gotcha. Heads did roll, I will say that. But uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um. So just days later, and see, this is a problem. Just days later, a mother and daughter, 35 years old mother and a 12 year old uh, daughter. I left the department store this is broad daylight mind you so this is not like at nighttime. this is this is what we're talking about 100 degree weather right here they're just walking out of an air-conditioned store to their parking lot car they get in the car all of a sudden a perpetrator with a gun dreadlocks mask forces his way into the back of the car puts the gun to the mother's head at gunpoint tells her to drive down baseline road to another street that kind of goes behind some abandoned buildings to a storage unit to where he then brace yourselves, rapes the 35 year old mother at gunpoint, and then rapes the 12 year old daughter.
1: Oh, God. God. Oh. Yeah. What a freaking pig.
0: Yep. This guy is sick. Yep. And, um, again, at this point, these cases, after he lets them go, um, he runs away. Uh, the police are called and the, uh, they do not link this to anything that's happened off of baseline still. (laughs) This would be another detective that this will be the second case of the baseline. The other ones were, were different detectives. This is a one that already had one on baseline and still yet does not link the two together.
1: These detectives, this police department, they all need to be castrated along with him. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. That's, this is stupid.
2: And just imagine what the mom was going through. I mean, I know even being raped is traumatic, but
0: seeing, seeing your that 12-year-old your child.
2: child, oh, man.
0: And most likely, it's not said, but you can kind of imagine he probably had a gun pointed at her because you know she would have probably tried to do something. Mm-hmm. And then he's got one gun pointed at her and then doing stuff to her daughter. I mean, God, you'd want to kill the guy yourself or kill yourself because you wouldn't want to see that. I mean, that's unimaginable. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is, um, again, getting worse and worse as we move on. Um, now, mind you, that attack happened in the middle of the day. Gets very little news uh, at all. And this is 2005. This it's is not. 2005. This is not 1975. You know? We've got cameras and stuff, but unfortunately, yeah, in that area, nothing.
1: Stupid.
0: Yeah. So we're talking now two days later. Two days. A liquor store on Baseline Drive was robbed at gunpoint as the perpetrator with a fisherman's hat on and fake dreadlocks robbed the store and then grabbed a woman who was shopping in the liquor store and took her out at gunpoint and ran with her to her car. Mm. So he robbed Mm -hmm. the store and then kidnapped somebody right there. He told, he told the woman that he just needed a ride out of the area and to, just to drop him off. Right? Do you, do you think that happened? Come on! Of now. course not. Exactly. He did what if his he mo get was... enough raping one
1: person that right away he rapes another. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. So with the adrenaline high, he drives her to a secluded area, and then um, he rapes her. And unfortunately, this is not where he 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 now he now thinks okay you know i'm gonna pour it on a little bit more so not only does he rape her he goes through her purse he goes through her pictures and her phone sees that she has a family takes her id says i know where you live uh your son's pretty young if you want to keep him alive you'll keep your mouth shut and she and she like was literally threatened right in front of him right there at gunpoint and everything yeah he's he's going on another one right here um so here's, undeterred by this, though. Credit her. She, as soon as the guy takes off, leaves her alone, she runs to uh, to make a phone call across the street into a restaurant. The police come. Now, here's something I want you guys to remember because this is going to piss you off and it's going to come up at the very end of the story. Okay. The responding officer pulls up to the woman, the first officer on the goddamn scene, and says... Um, to the woman hey uh, what's this all about and then she said I've I've just been raped what do you think his response is
2: (sighs) you know what I I don't even know right now because I'm I'm floored with all this information so I'm just going to say something very absurd and say how do you
0: know okay Gabby
1: I'm going to guess more like he accused her of doing things, and now she wants to make it seem that she was raped.
0: You guys are kind of both right, but his exact words were this, and I'm going to use that voice. I don't care if it comes off a little, you know, but this is what he told her. Now, I'm making fun of the cop. I'm not not making fun of the the victim, but this is exactly what he told her. Hey, you don't look like a woman that was just raped. Wow. (laughs) Yes. What? he literally said you don't look like a... Wo- how is a woman supposed to look like when she's raped I mean she could be beaten she could be you know her clothes off but just because she had her clothes on and everything else like that you know what I mean because she's trying to keep up an appearance or cover herself up oh she wasn't raped to you or something wow hey man <laughs>
1: don't like a, you don't look like a person who should be a cop
0: exactly
1: <laughs>
2: oh. hey man let's, let's go to Tempe right now let's roll up on these guys <laughs>
0: Well, this is Phoenix. This is Phoenix. Well,
2: let's go to Phoenix right now. And roll up on these cops,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that was she filed a complaint. Obviously, good for her. And that complaint come out later. Um. So that whole situation happened. We're going to jump into another thing. So not even a week later, just blocks away from that assault. Mm-hmm. Um. On November seventh, two 2005, a string of robberies occurred on Baseline where the perpetrator robbed four people inside a Las Brasas Mexican restaurant. He then went next door to a Little Caesars, then at gunpoint robbed them of $463, then popped out of there and said, hey, there's four people walking down the street. Let's rob them. Take their wallets, their watches, their phones, and he took off. What? And he did all this before the cops even showed up. The cops showed up five minutes later after the, the final robberies. Dang, man. So <laughs> he just walked down the store. He's like, He's just, you know he just finding,
2: robbing, and anything he sees. Yeah.
0: He's like, wow, that place looks like a good place to rob. And then right next to it, I want some pizza too. And then, hey, <laughs> you guys look cool. Let's rob you too. Jesus. This guy's on one.
2: So he's, he has one murder victim, several rape victims, and uh,
0: several robbery, armed yeah. robbery. To this point, yes. So <clears throat> after that happens, we move to December 12th. This is 2005 still. This okay. is a, a month later. A dishwasher is washing dishes at the back of the restaurant with the, the screen door open. So picture this. He hears banging noises on the back of the wall. Now, he thinks that it's kids that are back there doing drugs, making noise, smashing things in the back because that's what usually happens behind these restaurants and in alleys or they're Mm -hmm. playing with a ball back there or something. So he goes back there. He's like, dude, this is giving me a headache. I'm just going to tell these people to stop. So he goes out. I, I
2: think I know what it is.
0: What do you think it is? Somebody was getting raped. Gabby?
1: yeah i guess that's what i can imagine otherwise he's just trying to cause a distraction to get somebody to open that door
0: well what he sees is he opens the door and it's a man with a mask on and dreads hunched over a body on the ground he looks and and says hey the guy turns around and fires barely missing the dishwasher he runs in back inside, locks the door just in time before the the guy who who was over the woman ran over and tried to open and gain entry to the thing, to the to, to the restaurant. Um, he's he's slamming on the door, telling him to open up. The dishwasher calls police right away. Then the guy runs off. Uh, the police get there, and they would find young Tina Washington, uh, thirty nine years old, shot. Uh, twice in the head with a thirty-eight caliber, and her pants undone. She was a mother of three boys. Oh man, yeah. She Second had... murder. Second murder. Yeah, she had she had resisted the perpetrator, and um, she was actually at a bus stop when she had been abducted and dragged to the back of the restaurant. So this is another kidnapping, basically, and resisted rape and murder. Now,
1: what are they doing it? putting up on the shelf, too?
0: Well, let's see what the police finally do right here. So uh, it's at this point the police are finally saying that the string of robberies are being done by the same perpetrator and now are linking the cases together at some point. So like, It took them all this time. All this time to be like, hey, you know what? I think these cases may be the work of the same guy. And then you had Dr. Phil being like, I think that we might be on to something bigger than what we're used to. And then Cletus, how did Dr. Phil get it? Well, he's, he's the captain. And then, and then he, and then you got Cletus who he's like the deputy. Like he's like the, the, the doofy of the police department. He only has doofy? one. Yeah. He only has one thing to say. So like, no matter what they say, he, with, he only chimes <laughs> in with, that's amazing. <laughs> so that's what you got right there. That's the great old Phoenix police department right there. it's Different they people. are they're, horrible. Just,
1: they're waiting for a long line to connect things so they can solve it.
0: Yes. And so what they're doing too is they now have to go to their captain, Dr. Phil, and have to ask him, hey, you know what? Can you get money from Oprah so that we could start a task <laughs> force, Oprah. you know, to, to investigate this because we're going to need more police and we're going to need overtime, you know, let Oprah uh, give us the funds to to pay the, the policemen that we do. So while they're working on that, you know, the next day on the 700th block of Southeast Mountain uh, Avenue, just a block away from Baseline Road, um, the ho- uh, homicides and rapes are all taking place in a clustered area off of Baseline, not too far from all these incidents. On February 20th, 2006, police respond to a construction site at 630 in the morning. Oh, wow. Construction workers go to a food truck to where... You know, usually these two um, nice young uh, Latino uh, women make breakfast for the construction workers. You know, they drive up, they play the doo 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 do 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 the music on the horn, everyone comes and this guy. Yeah, I, I couldn't do the song I'm so sorry. Didn't do it justice. Um <laughs> I know what
2: you're talking about though. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I yeah, I know
0: what you're talking about. I don't know. Um so they go to the. There you go. Look, cucaracha There you go. I should have asked Gabby first. My bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, they go and no one's at the at the at the truck. Like the truck windows are closed, the shades are down, and everything. Like what the heck? So then, one of the employees goes through the back of the truck because the back door is kind of ajar, hmm. and he would find two bodies on the floor. oh, oh dang, man. man. Yes. Um, The police came at 630 in the morning. The employees were uh, horrified to see that 38 year old Romola Vargas and 34 year old uh, Palma Roman Roman, were shot in the back of the head. Um, Police would not link this to the baseline killer till July of 2006. So even though this was off of the baseline, not too far, they, they were still like, you know what? They consider this a drug dealing gone wrong because one of the sons of the murdered um, w- woman was um, a drug dealer, and they thought maybe this was payback for a bad mm. deal. So
2: I can see how that can get confused, but still, no, exactly. Yeah, so, I don't
1: think it would have been a broad daylight when there's other
2: people. I mean, I mean, I when, it, come drugs, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to drugs, they'll they'll get you in broad daylight. That's why I said on this one, I could kind of see that, but based on the proximity of where all the crimes have been taking place, you should have linked it together.
0: Exactly. So you're seeing now that they should have a task force by this time. They should have something going on by this time. You should be setting up cameras throughout the mm-hmm. city. You should be rolling with undercover detectives, um, you know, plainclothes officers, anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: Testing the shells.
0: Yes, nothing's happening. Nothing. They they the, the task force is there. What they're doing, we don't know.
1: Eating donuts. Yes.
0: <laughs> or watching reruns of uh, Bonanza or uh <laughs> you know they're watching Me T V or whatever. Um Me T V in America is just old seventies and eighties stuff. But, uh, but sorry.
2: No, I was just about to say, like, they have no other than the dreadlocks and the and the bucket hat, they have no other description about this
0: this guy and that he's possibly an african-american that's it possibly
1: and he got a gun you got a bunch of freaking shells already why aren't they being compared
0: yep you have ballistics um you have dna and they are not going with either one of these yet
2: and this guy is on a frenzy and he's probably thinking to himself well dang they ain't caught me by now what else can i do
0: yeah, and we're we're coming up to a part where we're over six months into this thing, so man, we're now March fifteenth of two thousand six. Um, police were called to the forty-one hundred block and twenty-fourth uh, Street corner of Baseline Road again. Um, it was called in as a double homicide. Um, two employees, Lily Ann Sanchez Cabrera, age twenty. And 24 year old Chow Chu were found murdered, shot in the head. Chow had offered by other employees' statements to give Liliana a ride home from work because they worked at the same Chinese restaurant. <laughs> However, the perpetrator, once they were getting in their car, came up from behind, put both of them at gunpoint, shot Chow in his car, then took Liliana a block away where she resisted the sexual assault. And she was shot in the head as well.
2: This man. This this coward. Yeah. Hey man, I'm already tired of him, man. When, when did he get caught?
0: <laughs> We're I getting know, there, they man.
1: They're not linking anything. They're all being killed the same way.
0: Yep, they sure are. They sure are. Headshots. Now, this one, this one would get linked to it very quickly. So they did link this one. This is like the first bit of police work that they were like, "Okay, this is the first uh, you know, this this matches the other ones. This has got to be the same guy." But there was no witnesses to this one. But they figured well, but they figured 38 caliber re- resisting the rape, you know, cuz she had DNA on her fingernails. So she scraped them. Oh, but uh but again, not tested right away. And you'll see by the time where they tested now, this one right here you were infuriated by the other one, the the, the two teenagers, 14
2: girl. and yeah. 13 year old.
0: This one should infuriate you, but in a different way. So let's see. Let's see how mad you guys get on this one. All right. This is the next one. So this is just two blocks away from the double homicide mere days later. A local businessman goes out to his car. He's walking his dog. And there's this like you know there's a storage unit there's um like a, sort of like a abandoned area with a bunch of um behind some fence a, and a bunch of overgrown grass right okay there's parking spots and you know how they have those little things to where you, it stops you from going too far like the little you know um,
1: like c- stone some,
0: yeah little cement barrier thingies yeah mm-hmm. so he goes over there and he his dog starts smelling one of those and he looks down. And there's blood. And then there's drag marks going south from where the parking lot's at. So he he calls the police. And the police come down to investigate. What do you think they do? Oh, boy.
1: A dead animal.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Matt?
2: I'm going to Yeah, a dead animal it's probably something that's been there for a while
0: well local businessman, i think what happens and i think what happens here is some of these animals just they have too much blood and so they want to drain themselves out and they'll drag themselves across the concrete to then you know even out their blood sugar level because you know a lot of these dogs are getting you know because they're not eating the gluten-free food or the kiblet's you know they they could be getting a little high on the blood sugar so that's how they drug the blood case closed you're kidding me right they basically said it was an animal didn't test so the blood so they didn't
1: follow the dragging marks
0: mm, well that they, they the businessman said that they investigated how far they went obviously when you find out what happens not very far
1: mm. oh my god <laughs>
0: yes that's the phoenix police department and again this is march so it's not like it cools down it's cold or whatever it could be masked by snow or ice so the sun's out there baking whatever's out there so you're gonna get a smell so fast forward two weeks later the same business owner's out walking his dog the dog goes insane to where he actually pulls away from the owner And the owner has to chase him into behind the storage unit in between the other building under a fence into the grassy area to where he finds a bunch of trash piled upon a body, which the, the arm and leg are sticking out. It had been there for two weeks.
2: Oh, so it's already starting to decompose and everything.
0: That was the smell the dog got in... Unfortunately, young Kristen Nicole Gibbons had been lying there for over two weeks.
1: And these stupid dumb cops were standing right there.
0: And did nothing. She had been shot in the head. Same caliber bullet was uh, recovered or the shell was recovered from the scene. How old was she? She was in her 30s as well.
2: <laughs> it's the only smart person or well, only smart thing in this story so far is the it's dog. dog.
0: Mm hmm. So we're, we're just bear with it. There's not too much left to go, but uh, we have a few more to talk about. Um, May 1st at 9 a.m. on 32nd Street off Baseline, a man with a Halloween mask of some sort uh, took a woman from her car and sexually assaulted her uh, outside of the same restaurant that the double homicides occurred just weeks prior. So this person only stays in a certain perimeter. Yes, it's clustered. All these things are clustered. And it's easy to see if they were just to take a map and put all these on one thing, they'd be like, you know what? I'm pretty sure the dude lives in the neighborhood. Easily, because I'm not driving to to uh, freaking
2: 88th Street if I live on 44th to, you know, make some crimes. I'm a dude right there in my
0: proximity.
1: Especially when you haven't been caught.
0: Exactly. This is detective work 101 and they are not doing it wow
2: i would put a bolo on anyone in that area i would go door to door start knocking on doors you know asking questions something in that proximity because clearly he ain't going nowhere
0: exactly so it's frustrating because we're almost a year into this thing it's now may 5th and the police have put, you know, have the task force at its biggest size. There's 50 detectives and policemen working on this at the time. Two different jurisdictions, and they still can't catch the dude. Um, this would lead to, unfortunately, Sophia N- Nunez, 37 years old, was supposed to pick up her seven-year-old son at Baseline Elementary down the street.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When she did not pick up the seven-year-old. Now, again, this is why the schools get an F, in my opinion, and I agree with that. Why are you going to let a seven-year-old walk home? You
2: never let a kid walk home if a parent or guardian does not pick him up out of school.
0: This seven-year-old left school and walked home.
2: Oh, my God. I don't care if this is a country, England, California. You never let a kid off campus uh, without a parent or guardian picking him up, period.
0: Absolutely, and and, he, and this is why the seven-year-old shouldn't, if the school did their job, maybe the seven-year-old would not be scarred for life, because oh, he, walked, he walked in to his apartment, his mother was, uh, he found his mother naked, shot in the head, bleeding over the side of the bathtub, and he tried to do, as a seven-year-old, he tried to do CPR.
1: Poor Poor baby.
0: Dang, dude. Right? So that young man is now scarred for life, thanks to the stupid-ass school district.
1: Instead of going to check, sending somebody, the mother didn't show up.
0: Yep. The seven-year-old just walked home by himself.
1: Or school police taking him home.
2: Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's protocol. I work at a school. Protocol is if a parent does not pick up their child, uh, school police is notified school of police comes to the campus, wait and if nothing or if nobody shows up, then they go to the to the police department until someone picks them up. Yep. That's protocol. So I feel sorry for the young man because you, uh, you know, performing CPR on a parent, I'm familiar with that. That's uh, traumatizing until this day. I still think about my dad when I have to perform CPR. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's traumatizing.
0: I knew that one would not be tough, man. You know, mm-hmm. like describing it to you, but man. Um, yeah. It's tough, dude. Uh, like you said, and this unfortunately was not the last incident. This one was. Um, so just days later on East Thomas Road, uh, Carmen Miranda, who happened to be on her phone talking with her boyfriend as she was at a self-serve car wash She was trying to vacuum out and spray her car so it would smell good for the weekend. And uh, as she was talking to him, she mentioned that there was she was a little uneasy, that there was a panhandler with dreadlocks that was sitting on the other side of the car wash and kind of looking at her. Her boyfriend says, I don't care if you just put money into the machine, just get in the car and take off, um, you know, because I don't want nothing to happen to you. As soon as he says that, the guy bum rushes her and takes her phone where she's held She's heard by her boyfriend on the other line screaming and she shuts her phone and then he throws her into the back of the car, ties her up and then gets in the car of you know, her own car and drives off. Now her boyfriend starts trying to call her back. No one's answering. He calls the police. Then he grabs his brother. That's in the house with him. They take some weapons and run over to the car wash, which is 10 minutes away.
2: That's my kind of guy.
0: Yeah. But by the time they get there, they're too little too late. Um, the car is gone, they don't see anybody. They get there the same time the police are there. The police think that they're they're the suspect. So they have to talk to them. And then no! yeah, yeah. So they waste time there. Waste
1: time.
0: Yeah. And then the police don't canvas the area, don't put a bolo out for the car. Um, they actually find it on accident four hours later, where the car was a hundred yards from the car wash. With the body of Miranda in the back seat, um, she had been shot in the head.
1: Oh wow.
0: A hundred yards. It was a hundred yards away. They couldn't see the car, I guess, from the locale of where the thing was, but it had they just drove around the block.
1: Yeah, look around.
0: Yeah. But the police were there. They were they were more concerned about the cameras. Because this place did have cameras. Oh, good. So this was the first time that they were able to actually use cameras or, or one of the cops was like, hey, isn't that one of those dang-gone fangled things where it records people and then plays it back? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of those blockbuster things. And then they got the the camera. Let's get it, Johnson. Yes. So, And here's the kicker, though. So we're almost a year into this case. And right before this murder had happened, and right before they're able to get a good look, finally, of the suspect, because not even the liquor stores had cameras. So they never had any kind of video, any pictures, nothing of this dude. Wow. They finally get a picture of this fake dreadlocks dude with a Gilligan hat on, and he appears to be black or some sort of uh, you know Caribbean descent. And he's a big guy. He's, he looks like a football player. And um, the DNA actually kicks in. They finally had tested it a couple months ago. It takes a couple months to come through. Let me guess. And they find out it's a guy who had already been well established and in the system. So had they had they done this months mm. ago? Mm, 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 mm. they would have From known who it was. One. Yes, because this isn't this isn't a case like the Golden State killer where you never had his DNA. You know, you had to do the reverse genealogy and all that crazy stuff to find out who he was. This dude's they had DNA, yes, this dude's DNA had been in the system. Get this since 1982. Are you? Yes. <laughs> so you're telling
2: me they could have been solved the, the crime? Uh, they could have been solved it since the first victims.
0: At, like literally, DNA takes about two to three months to process, right? Uh, if you rush it, sometimes six. But if they would have rushed it after those initial rapes, you could have you could have prevented about. Six murders, at least. At least.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the reward for...
1: Stupidest and most useless police department.
0: Goes to... <laughs> the Arizona Police Department. Phoenix. Phoenix, sorry. <sighs> so let's find out about Mark Girdeau. Uh He was born in 1964 in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Let's see if you guys see a, uh, any kind of problems right here off the bat with his description of growing up and everything.
1: So he's he, three years
0: younger than my mom. Yeah, at the time. He's 42 at the time, right there. Um, So ele- he was the 11th of 13 children born to his parents. Okay. Neglect. <laughs> yeah. Not getting any kind of time or nothing. His father was very strict. His mom was a housekeeper. Um, his father would die when he was about 10 years old of uh, alcohol abuse. Um, he was a high school football player, and he was always – in shape and very cut. Um, in 1982 though, however, and this is where his DNA became and got into the system. So we've talked about the incompetence of the police department. Now let's, let's talk about the incompetence now of the court system of the Phoenix area. Cause remember, this guy's a lifelong Phoenix resident.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, his, his uh, DNA would go into the system. Why in 1982, one of his brothers along with him were caught repeatedly raping a neighbor.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yes. Now, they were not convicted of this crime. Their DNA was taken as the charges were somehow dropped. We don't have any other information on that. So, yeah, so they did not rape the neighbor once, but several times before they were finally caught and the charges were dropped
1: so if from the beginning they had just simply gone into the database looked for all the rapists in that area and checked which one lived near where the situation was happening they might have pinned him
0: absolutely
2: could have been him or his brother
0: because because you'll see why gabby's statement is so true just do a little bit of work like gabby said and this would have been solved lickety-split, or at least they could have investigated him to get on his tail or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he was not even under the radar.
1: If they had spotted him amongst a few others that were there, at least that would have prompted them, let's run the DNA and see which one of these it matches. hmm Mm-hmm.
0: So, in 1984, he was convicted of drunk driving and did not get any jail time but probation.
1: It's the slap on the wrist. Here
0: we go. Mm-hmm. Just a month later, this will be a one that's going to piss you off. 1984 as well. He was charged with beating a woman nearly to death and raping her savagely as he would shove her face as he's raping her into weightlifting equipment in her garage, then beating her with barbells over the face to, at one point, her boyfriend said she was unrecognizable when he saw her in the hospital. Oh, wow. During the attack, she somehow slipped away and managed to run butt naked down the block to where she found two men working in a in a uh, in their garage on their car. She hid behind their car and yelled that she was getting raped. Right behind her, with a gun, was the perpetrator, Gordeaux, and he pointed the gun at the guys to tell them to keep their mouths shut and to leave her alone to where they stood up to him and said we're not going we're we're not going to let you take her but we'll keep our mouth shut to get him to go. He then took off and obviously they didn't keep their mouth shut. They called the police. They would then find fibers that matched that were on her body. They, you know, this this and that had all kinds of evidence and would charge him. What do you think he got for that? 2 years.
1: Probation.
0: Okay, so Before I give you the answer, he was facing kidnapping, rape, assault, attempted murder, battery, and also uh, terroristic threats and all this stuff towards the other gentleman, correct? Yep. That should put you away for life. Yep. 15 to life. Gabby called it. Probation.
1: Yeah, let him run free so he could do it again.
0: Probation because he plead. He did a plea deal with the prosecution and somehow they accepted it and they basically said you're on probation for six months to your next court date but you are facing a term of possibly 13 years
2: i don't get it how do you if you're guilty or you know you did some how can you even get a plea deal
1: and that's what i don't understand i think that is the stupidest thing
0: yep but he got the freaking plea deal
1: as long as you get somebody to confess, let's give them what they want. Let, let, here, let's compromise.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Isn't that insane? It is. So while waiting on probation, two months later, he's like, you know what? I'm short on my uh, on my money this, this month. I'm going to uh, rob a liquor store because I need some crack cocaine. So he got caught robbing a liquor store and he would plea again and get a deal again no way yes but the the thing is though when he pleaded to this deal some smart attorney or investigator said you know what he's already pleaded out he's already on probation he violated his probation let's throw the book at him so they gave him 21 years they put four uh eight years on top of his 13 so he got 21 years
2: Well, there we go.
0: Still not enough.
1: He didn't serve them.
0: He didn't serve 21 years. Absolutely correct, Gabby. (laughs) He's like, well, listen, guys, Warden, I'm reading books. Uh, I found God. Uh, I haven't raped (laughs) anybody. I haven't raped anybody. Uh, you know, I'm a good guy. And then the, the, the warden's like, Hey, you sure are. You young fella. you get back out there and you do good for this world. Okay. Y'all don't come back now here. And then he just takes off, you know, they, they paroled him in 2004.
2: Wow. So how many years did he serve? That was what? 85,
0: 84, right? Yeah. Uh, he only served 13. Mm. So he got out 13 years, good behavior, all that stuff. and gets out 2004.
1: That shouldn't be allowed either. Good behavior. You got your sentence for what you did. Why do you get to behave nicely and play pretend and get out and go free and be a danger to the world again?
0: Yep. They just allowed it. I they mean, might
1: as well give them a freaking acting career because that's what it is.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Todd. You said he wasn't raping nobody. Are we sure?
0: In prison, wait. he wasn't. That's that's oh. the whole thing. He was that we know of. He might have found <laughs> that's like what I'm car- saying.
2: That's what I'm saying. It's prison now. This ain't jail. <laughs>
0: exactly. He might have found like a, a you know one of those dark spots where there's no cameras. Who, who knows? Wow. He Had
1: a boyfriend. He might have had
2: big big Bruno up in there.
0: Yeah, he's I well, I didn't technically rape nobody, but I did have quite a few relationships. Wow. <laughs> but um, here's where we go to jail and go to court. So I gave you the background on him. So he gets out in 2004. He's married, living. He married someone while he was in jail, a white woman. So he was living with her as soon as he came out of jail. And he stayed working, guess where? At a construction site where those two young Latina women were murdered. Mm. So, and he lived, get this, right in the heart of Baseline Road and right in the middle of the map of all the clustered activity.
2: If the dumb police department would have just. Did a little circle of the map and just
1: yeah. Where was the wife in all this? I'm pro- he,
0: probably dead. No, she was alive. She was alive to this day. She thinks oh, wow. she's in, she thinks he's innocent to this yeah. day.
1: Even with the DNA.
0: Yep, she thinks he's innocent. She's uh, you can look her um. Her interviews up, and she's like crying, and she's like, "He would never hurt a fly." And then he actually had neighbors that were like, "He's the nicest guy. He helped us with a car." I
1: met him in prison, but he doesn't do anything.
0: Exactly. You know, he's never raped except for in the eighties. For the eighties. <laughs> but, 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 literally, if you put his house next to the map of all the the activity, it's all in the same area. And then where he worked part-time construction is where those two women were unfortunately murdered as well. He went where he knew. Exactly.
1: I'm in shock with the train of thought of this woman. I don't.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. It doesn't agree. fit in my head. I like, agree. What,
1: what are you, stupid? Mm-hmm. You married a rapist. You got with him while he was serving time.
0: For but he's innocent. Yeah.
1: You got his DNA all over everybody. The same freaking gun, killing the same freaking way, but he's innocent.
0: Yep.
2: So this dude is African-American or Caribbean, right?
0: Yeah, he's a little both. Okay. Yeah. So with that being said, let's get to the court area where they actually try him. And they first try him on all the rape stuff first. They want to get that out of the way. Um, The DNA turned out to link to 33 cases of sexual assault. Or rape.
2: Oh man, this guy was a monster.
0: Yeah, so 33 rapes um, ranges from uh, women that were assaulted from the ages of 39 to 12 years old. Um, Due to the sexual assaults and the rapes and being held at gunpoint, the also kidnappings that were involved, because you do get a lot of time for kidnapping as well.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a federal offense.
0: Yeah. The D.A. decided instead of going through 33 cases that they would charge them on the most egregious ones, which was the 10 rapes, and and then they would charge five additional assaults, kidnapping, deadly weapon, and they would nail him with 437 years in prison. Well,
2: they should have gave him the death penalty, but he ain't gonna see the light of day. So,
0: well, for well, that was just the rape thing. So the rape thing that was he was charged with four hundred thirty seven years, ten rapes. Oh, all oh yeah, that's right, the murder. Mm-hmm. So the murder case, the murder uh, would take the would take a place just a couple months later. Uh, going through all of the the cases, ballistics, like Gabby said, the bullets matched the casings. And his gun, they were able to find his thirty-eight caliber still in his possession when they arrested him. Uh, they also would find, uh, like, the DNA linking him to the cases, just like they did the rapes. Uh, because there was, on a couple of the cases, the women fighting back and having DNA underneath their fingernails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was convicted of nine murders and giving, and given the death penalty nine times. So... In 2026, his appeals will f- officially be exhausted, which at the time he will be 64 and eligible for uh, to be put to death. Because once you exhaust your appeals in Arizona, they actually kill you and they don't wait too long after. Mm-hmm. So there's a good possibility in the year 2026, maybe 2027, he meets his maker.
2: Well, that's what, four years from now? Something like that, yeah.
1: I say we travel. Let's start saving. <laughs> yeah. Instead of,
0: instead of uh what is it called protesting the the uh the killing we're like do it throw the- do it now <laughs> yep. inject do him it. Yeah. do it <laughs> do it i mean hopefully they do it like that post i put on our page on grinding true crime uh for gabby uh where they couldn't find a vein in that gentleman or a uh-huh. perpetrator and they put it in his penis basically so hopefully they could do it to this guy because I-, I think yeah. that's what
2: he deserves
1: call the victim's families let him let them take care of him for a minute
0: oh yeah
2: dead.
0: absolutely so this case was a doozy huh this case was
2: <laughs> very hard to hear but it. Uh, what about the officers though you know did they oh. have any kind of
0: yeah so in court now this is how again the agencies weren't talking in court, the testimony came up from the woman that was accused of, you know, hey, you don't look like you've been raped. She mm-hmm. gave her testimony and the actual police chief and the district attorney were there and or no, there was a police chief and someone else um, higher ups basically in the police department. And they were seen as soon as the, the testimony, they didn't know about that testimony and what had happened. They mm-hmm. went on the phone right away and they made heads roll. They uh, fired a few people, including the officer. Uh, they also uh, made a press conference about it, uh, about the detectives and the demotion of a lot of them because of how they dropped the ball and did not work together. And they vowed to change and revamp the uh, detective working in the in the uh, Phoenix Police Department. Good for them. So there was some changes, but at a cost of nearly nine people and countless rapes.
2: Yeah. Now, I
0: mean- this isn't the end of the story, and this is how it's going to spiderweb into next week's show. Really? Because at the time, these cases stopped you know, close to summertime again, almost a year in, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, around February of 2006, there is a second serial killer that is at large at the same time as Gordeaux is in the same area within blocks, so the police have their hands full because at the time it's not till later to where they have to be like okay which assault or murder is tied to this one compared to that one.
2: Wait a minute. Now I'm going back on a statement you made from 1982. He mm-hmm. said his brother and his the guy who's in jail both were convicted of rape, correct?
0: Uh. Yes, but his his brother's not the brother's not the uh, spoiler alert. He's not the other serial killer. This one well, is that. This one is completely different and just as random.
2: Okay, well that ended my theory. <laughs> <laughs> so it you got it. My theory. Well, no, I was my theory too.
0: <laughs> you got to stay I'm
1: whispering it to him. His brother. <laughs> no,
0: no, we, both, we both were thinking we alike. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. And that would have been the twist of all twists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mega twists.
0: Mega twists. Yeah, but this one is crazy because again, researching this one, I found the other one. So oh, this okay. one is basically this was called the uh the Summer of Terror in Phoenix.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. There's there's some really bad stuff that happens in the second one. So I'll have that one ready to go.
1: Hmm.
2: Well, this, this story right here was a tough one, man.
0: Yeah, this was. So. Well,
2: thank you, Todd, for breaking down the story of, what was the name, Cordell? Mark Cordell. Mark Cordell. That coward. And uh, we thank you for that. Um, thank you guys for listening in. We're going to end it right here. Uh, before we end it, want to just do a little quick review and let you guys know where you can find us. Go to Instagram and Facebook. Type in "grinding true crimes," and you can find us there. Follow us, leave us comments. We get back to you. If it ain't me, it's probably Todd, and if it ain't Todd, it's probably Gabby, or it could be all three of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all respond so, at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, we all respond at some point, and uh, we, it's us. It's it's not anybody else. We don't have anybody on our team. It's it's, it's actually us. You'll hear from. Uh, with that being said, you can also listen to us on on your podcast stream. Go to Podbean. Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the country, continue to listen to us on Podchaser Radio Public Breaker and Pocket Cast. Go to redbubble.com type in Top Fox 80 for merchandise and also uh, if you didn't hear in the beginning I don't know how you didn't hear it, but in case you didn't, uh, we have an announcement for next Sunday May 22nd at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We will be doing a live recording to where audience can chime in and it'll be like a Q and a kind of uh, Q and a kind of setting. So we look forward to that.
0: Yeah. You'll be able to give your takes on two controversial unsolved cases that me, Gabby and Matt are going to armchair detective on, and you could join us as well.
2: Absolutely. So with all that being said, this is Maddie, Matt along with our never ready for today, Todd Fox. And the other host of the show. Gabby Gab. And we are signing off.
0: Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? That was amazing.